Life Audio. Oh, darling, take heart and remember it's just a stage. Oh, darling, take heart and remember to turn the page. Welcome back. To Unfiltered Parenting with Abby Johnson and Reagan Long, where we proudly deliver the real deal of parenting to y'all, completely unfiltered. Hello, hello. It's us again. It's it's us again. We're back. You know what, Abby, is in between us recording these, I'm not sure if this happens in your house. We both have three daughters, okay? True. And... Of course, we're a woman, so that means each of our homes have four women in them that need a brush to brush their hair, okay? Yes. Maybe the brushes go with the forks and the spoons that are missing. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, I know exactly what you're going to say. Yeah. We... I I I and I I almost am like sick of buying brushes because I'm like I I, I got to spend another eight nine dollars on a stinking brush when I, we already have like seventeen that are nowhere Where to be do found. They go? I don't Where know. Do they go? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know where they go. They I go with the missing every, forks and spoons. Good look. Every Christmas, I buy my twins a new brush and yes. I put it in their stocking. So they are now six years old. They've had four Christmases where I have put brushes in their stockings. So, I mean, we should now have at least eight brushes just from oh. stocking stuffers. <laughs> right. <laughs> where are those eight brushes? Wait, we don't know. They're, who knows? They're, they're, they're long gone. And I'm holding out. I'm being such a skimp. My older daughters, Kendall and Kennedy, are because Kelsey really doesn't blow dry her hair. She's my wild one. She'll just like air dry, doesn't care how it looks. Yeah, yeah. But my older girls, they just, just take such pride in their hair and they love doing it. They've lost the good hair dryer. Okay. Oh, like the what? good shaping one, it's lost. And so How do we you only have a hair dryer. I, I don't know, but I'm holding out until someone finds it because I'm like, I refuse to buy another one. So we have this broken shaping hair dryer that every time I use it, Abby, I feel like I'm going to be electrocuted and it's going to explode in my hair. Oh no. <laughs> but I'm still, but I'm like, I'm that bomb. I'm like, we're going to find it before oh, I go right. buy a new I one. I actually think I have one I can send you. <laughs> I think I have one. Because I, I have like, so many hair tools. First world problems. But I'm like, I'm holding out. I'm not going to no, go spend I would more either. money. I wouldn't buy one either. Nope. <gasps> I'm so mad at them. I'm like, we will find it. And if my hair catches on fire from using this broken one, then so be it. It's your fault. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I was looking and then I can never find hair ties. No. Yes. But luckily I did find this puppy. Of course, our, our listeners can't see. I'm holding up a hair tie. I found it walking in the hallway on the floor. I literally stumbled upon it. I'm like, hey, just a random hair tie on the floor. I, my lucky day. You so know at least- how like, desperate I am for hair ties? If I see a good one on the ground, anywhere, I pick it up. I will pick it up and use it. 
I'm like, I mean, I inspect it. Is there anything gross on it? Like, whatever. I'm telling you. I Who knows if this person has so life? It's desperate right. for hair ties. I'm like, if I see a good one on the ground, it's mine now. It's my hair tie. I'm just like, oh. I... I cannot keep them in the house. I don't. I don't even know like where they go. I don't know what happens to them. No, it's um, a mystery. It's a, and it just cannot be us. So our 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 viewers, our listeners, need to be experiencing the same things because. And randomly, I have to find the cheapest set from like Amazon and randomly order like a twelve pack of spoons or a twelve oh, pack yeah, of forks because I, I'm like. But where are they? But I where? think you throw them away. <laughs> or or sometimes y'all need to look underneath the beds. Because when I tell my kids to clean up, Abby, I think they're just lazy. And I think they just swoosh it, shush oh, it yeah. under their bed. About 100%. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm yeah. like, the other night I looked under my bed because I always have kids in my bed. Like, it's either Kennedy, Kelsey, or KJ. And sometimes all of us in my bed. But so when I, I looked under my bed and I almost threw up, I'm like, is that like a pile of snakes congregating? Like, what is under there? Like, what is this? It's like nests of like just the most random things, the most random objects that don't even belong in a bedroom or bathroom. They're under there. And I'm like, clean this up. And they're like, but mom, it's your room. It's your bed. I'm like, do you think this is my Why stuff? I put this under here? <laughs> Crawl Freaking under Sickos, I call them that. I'm like, why? It's like I'm raising you in a barn. Where do you kids learn this stuff? I like, know. Where? You're just gross. They're gross. Oh I wish They're- y'all could hear my cat purring right now. It's she is she purrs so loud. Her name is Chanel. Chanel. And Chanel is just the sweetest cat. Let me tell you something. I thought I was gonna have to mortgage my house. Um, get a second mortgage on my house because listen, the Johnsons should not have animals. And that is just a fact, um, (laughs) that should go like down somewhere like written. Um, you know, our kids are just very like rough and tumble and, and just, I, I don't know, just, uh, terrible uh, with with animals um, because they <laughs> love them so hard. Like they right. just they love animals so much. So we have a, a golden doodle, and she's she's pretty tough. You know, she's big. She's like eighty pounds, and she's you know a little overweight, but it's fine. Um, not going to body shame her, even <laughs> though our vet did. Our vet was like, you know, she's supposed to have a waist. I was like, you know what? Hush. Okay. She's right. happy and she That's likes her waist just like that. All right. Yeah. Um, so we have Gilly, our golden doodle, and then we got Chanel. And um Gilly's very sturdy, which is good. But and then we also have a bearded dragon. We're on our, our third <coughs> bearded dragon. Because the other ones have gotten squished or died or something um, happened to them. And uh, because they were loved too hard. That's what they happened. were loved. And yes. then we have a snake. My favorite oh, pet my in gosh. the house actually is my snake. Ew. Um, Bigfoot. And 
mind you all, Bigfoot has gotten lost multiple times, and they're all Bigfoot just like gotten calm. lost a bunch of times. But I always find him, and uh, the kids just are very bad at keeping him. Oh my gosh! I'd rather sleep on the sidewalk. I'd sleep the on the sidewalk. I just. He's so sweet. He's my favorite pet. I, I actually do really like Chanel, though. Um, I'm a cat person. I'm not really a dog person. They're too ugh, high energy. Um, but anyway, Chanel uh, broke her leg. Chanel didn't break it. My twins broke Chanel's leg. Now, look, I don't need PETA coming after me, okay? <laughs> They were trying to grab, they were trying to get her to hold her and somehow pulling her or something, pulling her leg and it just snapped it right in half. So I get this call from Doug late at night. It was like Friday night or something at like 10 o'clock. And he's like, I have Chanel. Her leg is broken. I'm taking her to like a 24 hour emergency vet, which all I hear is cha-ching, 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 right? right? Like right. that's all I'm hearing. We're after hours now, after oh normal hours. Yeah. yeah, now we're in an emergency it's triple the situation. cost. Yeah. Um, and my daughter, Grace, 16, is in, this is technically her cat, okay? Um, of course, right? You're always like, you're going to get this cat and take care of it. And then who's cleaning out the litter box, mom. Right. Right. Um, so anyway, so she's in the back, like Chanel is shaking. Well, you know, and I'm like, okay. So they go to the vet. He sends me the x-ray. It is complete. It's like, it's like snap, a twig like in half. Bit. Okay. Just completely in half. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what I don't know what they do about this, whatever. Doug calls me back and he's like, Well, she obviously needs sur- surgery and they can just kind of like keep her calm and sedated until they do the surgery tomorrow. And um he's like, But I need you to tell me what to do because it's crazy. Like the cost is, is crazy. And, um, he's like, you know, this was a free cat. Um, and it, <laughs> right. no, it's, it's, it's a lot. And I was like, okay. And he's like, it's like a lot, a lot. And I was like, okay. All I was right. like, like what? And he's like, yeah, it's going to be like $6,000. $6,000. And y'all know what I told Abby, and I am an animal lover. When she told me this, I said, sister, I would have got a little piece of wood, put it up against that sweet little leg, taped it up, put some holy water on there, and just love her and have her rest. Some anointing oil. Some anointing oil. We would have gotten her healed, but I couldn't have done it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh. are you serious? He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know what to do. Do we just put her down? I don't, and I'm like, and Grace is like, oh, we can't put her down. You know, and I'm just right. like, oh my gosh. 
I'm like, can we just like ace bandage that crap? I don't know. Right. Like, I, like, I mean, some duct tape to hold it. Like, so the pole. No, he's like, no, he's like, they've got to put like, like pins and like a plate or something. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause this was not just like a fracture. Okay. This was not just like a, a little, like, this was like a toothpick completely into not connected. I mean, it was like going the wrong way. It, I mean, it was like a right. disaster. So I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I mean, I guess our free cat is going to cost us six grand. I, I I don't know. So, oh my gosh, we did I, it. We did I it. We did honestly, it. I've always had pets and I love them. But it always the vet bills are just even like just the 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 normal vet checkups, it's like more than children. It's more than children. I know. It's like how why are vet bills so stinking expensive? Maybe I should have been a veterinarian. I well we should have. Clearly we sh- clearly. But and then I, I looked into say, getting like animal insurance. Like okay, well, maybe okay. it's worth so it. I, I did now. I'm like I think I need to do it. I mean, well, it's clearly. even so. It's more expensive than children, though. Well, it's like it's so expensive. I, I but more. Get, ex- yeah. I looked it up. I can get pet insurance for Chanel. I mean, Gilly's fine. She's big and sturdy, right? But I was like, I might should get it for little Chanel. And get her I insured. It, I, like, I don't know. It's like twenty something dollars a month. I'm like, oh, well, wow, that's really reasonable. That's better than six grand. I can tell you right. that. Right? Yeah. So, the 20, <laughs> little um, delicate Chanel. If you could see her, everyone, Abby, she's all, it's almost like camouflage. Abby has this sweater on right now and she's holding Chanel snuggled in her arms like a baby. And it's like the cat is almost the same color as Abby's sweater. And Abby's like rocking her like she would a newborn. (laughs) I wish y'all could see it. If she wasn't like a sweet cat, I would have been like, just give her the shot. But she's so sweet. She is cute. I'm not she's a cat person, sweet. but she's cute. She's such a sweet kitty. She's I, I'd rather have like four dogs. I just, I, I got to say, if it would have been a dog, I might have been like, meh. But I no, I might have. I, I don't, Stop. I don't, I don't enjoy dogs, but I do. <gasps> oh my gosh. I do love a sweet cat. I do. And she is. Oh so my gosh. Look at her. She's so sweet. She is really cute. Her. And that coloring, I've never, that's like really, and she's, she's a gorgeous. cutie. And she is gorgeous. So I, see, you're a, like literally, I cannot believe we spent that kind of money on a cat. I, me neither. Insane. It's insane. I'm like that. That cat better have nine lives. That and be like, how do you live with yourself? Yeah, but, I'd be like, this cat best have nine lives. Okay, know, it's got to right? live for grace for like a long, like, long well, time. I mean, I was like, my kids did it, so I felt a responsibility, right? To right. Take care of her, but. Look how thankful she is, though. Now she's like, she's for not killing me. She's cute, Mama. Mama went up to bat. Mama yeah. went up to bat for her, which is which is funny because you know that's what we're talking about that's today. Talking about. And oh, you know so, what we should do before though? We should we should get a word from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. 
Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And we're back. We're back. Um, You know, so today, Abby and I wanted to talk about the importance of defending your children, not enabling your children, but defending them when necessary. And I always see, and I'll send these to Abby. I mean, Abby and I communicate via text or talking live on the phone, you know, almost daily, but I'll send her these Instagram reels at times. Like at night, I'm one of those moms, my way to decompress is like, I just need to laugh at Instagram reels. Like I just need to find stupid, mindless, funny reels and I'll be doing this obnoxious laugh and the kids are like, what are you doing, mom? Like what is so funny in there? Anyways, like you'll see these ones of moms where, you know, like these scenes where it's like, don't be afraid of my dad. But if you ask, if you ask to see my mom, like, you know, and then it shows yeah. some scene where a mom's like jumping a fence coming out, like, oh, my kid needs me, like running through tunnels, you know, or they'll show scenes from a movie. But it's so true. I feel like there is something that God has designed inside a mother that, I mean, we would just die for our children, Right. We would of just course. do any. We should, right? When you know you've been blessed with this, these gifts from God, you are willing to. I mean, now listen, I may not share my French fries with them. Like if yeah. I have my McDonald's fries, you're back not getting off. a fry of mine. These are yeah. my, back off. I will take a bullet for you. I will walk through fire for you, but you are not eating my fries, Don't okay? Take my Chick fil A nugget. No, get in your bag, get in your area. <laughs> but it's it's so true. And I think there's a very fine line, especially, you know, because Abby and I have kids from toddlers up through teens. And especially as children are still maturing and learning the importance of truth-telling or embellishing a story, stretching a story, kind of missing some details. Of course, this is going to look different for each child. It's going to vary, you know, depending upon the age of your children. But things are going to happen. Our little imperfect children, things are going to happen. 
teachers are going to come to you, coaches are going to come to you, uh, parents of other children, neighbors, friends are going to come to you, and it's just going to happen where they're going to be like, hey, little Johnny, listen, listen to what little Johnny did, you know? And I think Abby and I were talking about this the other day, just one-on-one, and we both have examples we're going to share where if our children are in the wrong, we're on that person's side. We were talking about the other day, one of our, one of our podcasts was about how teachers have lost authority in the classroom and students are just walking all over them. And I was saying when any teachers have come to me and they've had a problem with one of my children and I realize, you know, and my children have even admitted to, yep, I did that or I didn't do that. It is so important for you to be unitive with that teacher saying, okay, we're, I'm going to help you fix this. We are on the same team. My child needs to know we're on the same team. Here's the consequences at school. Here's the consequences at home. Here's how we're going to reinforce this. Um, and I think that's so, so important because so many parents are just like, well, my child can just do no wrong. And Johnny would never do that. Not even trying to like listen to anything, right? But there's also times where, and it, it, it truly, because it, it doesn't matter if it's a teacher or a coach or a trusted friend. If someone comes at you with details about one of your children, just because they're an adult does not mean anything. It does not mean they're right. telling you the, the truth or the full truth, okay? Omitting important details is basically lying. You're not delivering the full truth, which can change the whole dynamics of the story. And I recently had this with my oldest son two times, one at the end of his seventh grade year last year, and one time already this year in eighth grade. And both times I went up to bat for him I'm saying, Abby, I was swinging because I knew the truth. And uh, both of these were female teachers. They were different, different female teachers. And he had come home after the teacher had already emailed. And he's like, mom, you know, when, even when your child have have stretched the truth and they look at you, you know, when they're being honest and Mm -hmm. he's like, I just need you to listen to me because I want to tell you everything that happened. And both times, these teachers who just did not like my son, um, omitted very important details to the story, which I caught them in. And when I went guns blazing up to bat for my kid and caught them essentially, essentially in their lies, this, the situation flopped. They didn't even know what to do. It seemed like no, you know, they really hadn't had that before where a parent really had them up against the wall saying, well, well listen here, I, I think you've forgotten a few things, but let me tell you, my son was like, wow. He's like, mom, thank you for believing me. Thank you for listening. And thank you for fixing that with them. You know, like it meant so much to him. Because he saw it, because I've come down hard on him saying, you will not talk like that to an elder, to an adult. You will respect Mm -hmm. them. You don't have to necessarily, you know, 
you're not compatible. You don't have to love them, but you must respect them. You know, and, and, and we've had way too many instance, instances of that. But when he saw that I knew that he was in the right and they were in the wrong and I went guns blazing, I feel like, I feel like our kids need to see that, that we have their backs. Yeah. Even if it's a child against an adult. Yeah, I agree. My parents, I, my parents did that for me when I was young. Um, I was in high school and my, there was some, some woman, um, that went up to my parents and told them that she had seen me in a local liquor store trying to buy alcohol with a fake ID. And I mean, look, I did a lot of shady crap in high school, but I had not done that. Um, (laughs) maybe another time, but not that time. I had not done it that time. And, um, but this woman named Dana had gone to my parents and had told her this lie. And, I don't know what she was doing. I don't know if she thought she saw me, but she saw somebody else or um, whatever. And um, But she told my parents, my parents came to me, not accusatory at all, but just like, hey, um, you know, this woman, Dana, came to us and this is what she said. Um And I was like, what? I was like, no, that absolutely did not happen. I have no idea what she's talking about. Um, And they were like, okay. And, you know, they were like, we believe you. And, um, and so, you know, and I was like, well, I hope so. Well, I, you know. And, um, but then like later, you know, like now my mom's like, yeah, like you walked off and, you know, my dad was like, asked my mom, like, what do you think? And my mom was like, why believe her? Like, she seems like she's being honest and, um, you know, and they just like told that woman, like, we think you're mistaken, you know, like we, we believe her. Like I hadn't given them any reason to not believe me, you know? Um, and, and so I, that was, you know, that was a good way to handle it. They didn't come in like, well, we heard you were doing this and were you doing that? You know, it wasn't like that. And, um, and so I've just always tried to take that like tone with my kids too. Um, and so, you know, we, one time we had a, a, situation with, with grace and, um, a couple of times we've had, you know, situations, uh, with our kids. We had a, a situation with grace where, you know, one of her friends that does not go to school with her. Um, but you know, it's the kids kind of know each other. And, um, one of her friends was being lied about and her, um, something was being said about her that was like sexual in nature. And it's a big deal. I mean, you want to defend your friend's virtue and, you know, um, and so when grace 
found out about what was being said, um, she, you know, went directly to, to the person, um, that was, you know, saying it and just kind of knocked it out and was like, look, are you saying this? Because this is what I've heard is being said about, you know, my best friend. It's not okay for you to be saying this. This is not true. And um, ended up turning into this big thing. And the administration, you know, says to Grace that she's gossiping and spreading rumors. And that was absolutely not true. She was trying to stop the rumors that were being spread. Doug and I felt like she'd handled it in a really proper adult-like manner, you know, by not continuing to spread it around, by going directly to the source. Um, we felt like she handled it in a very biblical manner um, and a very appropriate manner. And, um, of course, it, you know, caused a big hoopla in the school because it's a small school and, you know, when you confront somebody, they don't like to be confronted. And so... Anyway, it causes big tension. And, um, but you know, when you've got the administration basically saying that she's the problem, that she's problematic, and then the guidance counselor actually told her that, um, that it was a sin, that it was sinful, that what she had done. And I was having none of it. Like, I, when Grace came home and told me that, I, was like, okay, no, that did not, that did not just happen. Um, and so I just, I mean, that I was livid. And, um, you know, I sent an email, a very strongly worded email, um, and was like, this is not okay. I just kind of like detailed everything and, um, got a response that night. Um, and you know, Doug kind of handled it the next day and, and apologies were made to grace. And, but I'm like, but you know, I, I was like, no, I'm going to defend grace. Um, you know, I knew what had happened to her was wrong. And I was like, no, she's going to see that this was not okay. There have been other times where, you know, she comes home and she complains about a teacher and I'm like, well, what happened? She explains it. And I'm like, no, you, you were the jerk there. Like you, you, you should not have acted like that. Or, you know, no, that you were making the wrong argument or whatever, you know? And then, and then sometimes I'll like text the teacher or master teacher and be like, uh, hey, sorry, Grace was a jerk today in class, you know, or like whatever, you know. And um, so, I mean, I think we have to acknowledge that it, it's both sides, right? I mean, sometimes our kids are in the wrong, sometimes they're in the right. I think as parents, it's important for us to to hear them out. If they're coming to us with something, we hear them out. I think there was a there was a time you know, there was kind of a, a generational time where it was like, the kids are always wrong. Now we live in a time where the kids are always right. And, and neither one of those I think are the right answer. There has to be like a middle, a middle ground where we're just 
kind of, it's like due process, right? It's like the court. You listen to both sides and then you, you make your opinion. I agree. I feel like we're in this time of entitlement to the kids um, mm. where again, like we, like I mentioned earlier on our other podcast, we just, we just spoke about, you know, so much power has been stripped from adults in general because everything's offensive, right? If you're, if you're correcting a student too harshly, it's offensive. If you're not participating in whatever ideology that they're, that they're feeling that day, that's, you're, you're wrong. You're unloving, you're unaccepting. Mm -hmm. So it seems that, and again, kids are brilliant. Kids are brilliant and manipulative and they know this power shift has happened and they've taken, you know, they've just taken it and run with it. Um, again, you see so many videos shared across, across the country. I mean, Twitter, especially, I, you know, I never thought I'd say this, Abby, Twitter has become one of my favorite platforms now because oh, there's no censorship. Yeah. Now that Since Elon's you, taken over, yeah. like it's a completely different platform. It's still kind of the cesspool of social media. Like, I mean, as far as just the liberalism, I guess that's, mm -hmm. that's there, you know, um, and there's so much anonymity on, Certainly. you know, on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now, there's so much anonymity there. And so people are just really garbage versions of themselves there. I yes, think. I agree. So it, it can, they go for the jugular. Yeah. I mean, there's, just, there's such a tendency to be like a, a dumpster, just a dumpster fire on there, you know? Right. But, um, but I really like it because I feel like, yes, nothing I'm is withheld. Yeah. Nothing's withheld. Just everything's yes. kind of out there, you know? And honestly, I never really watched the news. Like, I, I mean, 99 over 99% of the time, I don't watch the news for obvious reasons. I don't need to really elaborate on that. Um, but I feel like the good, the bad, the ugly, the alarming, and everything in between, you're going to get on Twitter. You are, right. you're, you're getting the live videos coming, the live streams, the, um, the video footage that's um, just, oh, just, terribly hard to watch, but you're getting the real deal. You want to talk about unfiltered, yeah. <laughs> unfiltered parenting. It's over there. But anyway, so it's, it's really hard as a parent to sit through some of these things. And I often have to take breaks from Twitter, whether it's, whether I'm watching what's happening to kids on a bus, what's happening in the classroom, what's happening at home at, at and Abby, I don't even know, uh, hopefully I'm even a lot, I, I would think I'm allowed to talk about this on the podcast. Um, it was so disturbing. I, I, I cried and I had to stop watching it and I had to come back to it to finish it. There was a talking about defending your child. Talk about going to up to bat for them. Um, and that, that also means a grandparent or an aunt or uncle. Oh, if, yeah. if the parent's not doing that, 
and your this innocent sweet child comes to you sharing information begging for help I, I don't care what place in line you fall you have to be a good human being and go up to bat for that child I saw this sweet little girl um, she was about eight or nine and she was in the they were parked in a parking lot she was in the back of the car begging and pleading to her grandmother who was in the front seat this little girl did not it was it was her time to go see her mother okay like her visitation time to go be with her mother and this and this little girl she was very mature for her age just how she spoke and she was just begging and pleading please don't make me go please don't make me go to my mother i don't want to go sobbing beside herself in tears and the grandmother and you only hear the grandmother's voice she sounds very reasonable very calm right she seems like a good girl so she's trying to calm her down well why don't you want to go you need to go see your mom why don't you want to go and this little girl proceeds to share that in great specific detail it was due to the mother's boyfriend Mm. and what the mother's boyfriend would do to her. And this sweet, innocent little baby, as she was telling the grandmother these things, you could tell, of course, the little girl knew it was wrong. And, and she said, and it makes me feel so bad about myself. But you, you, she knew it was an invasion of her body and her privacy. Mm-hmm. Unthinkably, this was assault, Abby, assault. Mm-hmm. But she's still young enough that she just doesn't know what it means, right? right. And the grandmother's like, well, I just don't think that would happen. And this little girl, I am saying specific details she's explaining, but but it did. And and this is how and the and just begging and she said, and mommy sits there and watches while he does this. And mommy then gets mad at me after. And I had such rage. I honestly thought wherever the sweet little angel is, I would literally hop on a plane for her and go fight for her. I've just never felt so enraged. And it ended with this grandmother who's supposed to be an advocate for her granddaughter saying, totally dismissive of the alarming details this sweet little girl just shared. And she said, well, you just pull it together you say you don't have any confidence that it makes you feel bad about yourself. How do you think you got the lead in the school play then? Tell me that. It was the most bizarre. Uh, like her granddaughter telling her maybe some of the most horrifying things that a little girl could share with you. And then the grandmother totally dismissing it. Because the little girl's like, and I always feel bad about myself and I don't know what to do after. I just feel bad. I feel uncomfortable. I feel bad about myself. And she's like, well, then how would you get the lead in the school play? if you?" If... And I felt such rage of why, how many- Why would that even be? Why? Who was right. recording it? So supposedly the backstory was- the father was recording it, who the daughter wanted to be with. And apparently she was still forced to go be with the mother. 
after this recording took place. Things happened again. And I think the dad, and again, who was the little girl's safe spot. And I don't know if the grandmother was the mother's mom or the dad's, but I don't know. But um, I think the dad ended up, as I was following details, ended up like kind of kidnapping her to get her away from the situation because no one, no one would listen. And I thought for a child to come up with such painfully riveting details, which you can see she's confused by even explaining what was happening to her body. It was honestly one of the hardest things I've ever watched. It was, it, it was, it was painful. And I think of how many children, whether they're in the foster system, whether they're going back and forth in split homes, whether what, no, no, they just don't have people going up to bat for them. They don't have people believing in them, or maybe they do believe, but they just don't want to deal with it because it's just too much. There's just maybe going to be too many repercussions for so many people involved. I mean, it would be over my cold dead body that I would let one of my kids go over to a home where I knew they were being abused. I mean, I, I wouldn't care what ramifications happen, what what fire were, right. Right. I wouldn't care. I I would go hide out in another state. I right, I, I would right. leave the country. I I would do whatever I had to. Right. Um I would start a whole new life in Switzerland or a country that doesn't have extradition. Right. Like I would right, do whatever right. I had to do to protect my child from being abused. I, I mean yeah. anything. I would do anything. Um I I could not send my kid into a a place where I knew they were being abused. That's I remember there was a a situation not that long ago where a mom was basically like on the run with her kids um mm-hmm. because the courts were forcing her to take her kids over to their biological father and he was abusing them and she was like kind of on the run and I was like good for you. She like, took it into her own hands, right? Like I will freaking Venmo her money for like a hotel. Like I'm <laughs> right. just right. call right. me an accomplice. Like I do not understand like why our courts do not intervene in those sorts of, of oh, situations. The system. the system overall is just failing us. It's fa- it's I not know. it's failing our kids. But I mean, yeah, it's I just think it's so important for for people to step up and, and defend, defend these children. I think it's important for our kids to see, to see us defending them. And I think it's important for us to teach our kids to speak up when they see something. So perfect example of this, um, there was a, a situation where, uh, our son, one of our, our sons was, um, at, at school this a while back and there was a, a, a teacher. She was a, a, not actually a teacher. She was like a aide or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, they had had a, it was at the end of school and they had had a field day and I, you know, pick the kids up, come home and 
all of a sudden, like my phone starts blowing up with like text messages and I'm like getting phone calls and stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? And it was like all these, all my friends, uh, a bunch of my friends are like texting me and calling me, leaving messages and stuff, telling me that their children had come home telling them that this teacher's aide had smacked my kid on the head. Mm. Um, yeah. She had gotten mad at him during one of the games because he was not standing in the right position, in the right place. And so she, like, whacked him. Like, I mean, basically on the face, like in the, in the front of his head. And um, oh was not joking, not, I mean, like, just I hit yeah. him. Yeah. And I was like, what in the world? Um, but these kids had come home to tell their parents because they all saw it. Yeah. And they were concerned. Um, of course, my son had not told me. Um, and so... When I went to him, I just said, hey, um, I said, did, you know, did something happen? Uh, did something happen with this woman today? And he just immediately, I saw like tears well up in his eyes. And oh. I said, you know, you can tell me what happened. You're not going to be in trouble. Um, she might be. Um, right. But, you know, <laughs> you, you can tell me. Yeah. And so he told me the whole story and it fit with what all these other kids had told right. their parents. And I was so thankful that these kids came home. They saw that they knew something was wrong. And these were young, you know, these were younger kids. These were not right. high school kids. These were not even right. junior high. These were elementary age kids. Right. But they saw what happened and they knew they knew that that yeah. was not okay. That was right. not right. And they knew I need to go home and I need to tell my parent. Right. Yeah. And they went home, they told their parents and their parents immediately alerted me. Right. And, and I, you know, immediately, um, was like, this is not happening. And, um, and she was removed, um, from the school. Oh, yeah. I think, um, but, I'm like that we need to be teaching our kids too that if you see something like that happen, if you see yes. abuse, if you see bullying, if you see you know something like that happen, you need to speak up. Right. You need to be a defender, you know, of people around you even if you don't know them. You need to speak up, right? It's like you hear at the airport, if you see something, say something. Right. Yes. And we need to be teaching our kids to, to be defenders and to stand up against injustice when, when they see it. Absolutely. And I think, I think sometimes kids, you know, there's, there's a fine line, but there's not a fine line between, between speaking up and between tattletaling. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's good to have those discussions of, what's like the smaller issues that's normal for, you know, age appropriate. That's, that's not a big deal. And you just know when something has, is wrong, is plain wrong and has right. crossed 
align. Right. Um, and so again, that's why it's so important to constantly be talking to our kids. And it's, you know, what I've learned too, and something that I recently experienced with my youngest daughter, Kelsey, who I feel like talks so much. She talks so much. And I feel like she would have told me everything. And she had held something in for a couple weeks that was hurting her and that happened to her outside of our home. And it shocked me. And I, and I, I cried with her and I, I almost, I almost felt ashamed as a, as a mom that I was failing her, that I didn't know this. And sometimes I feel like, and honestly, in her behavior as well, I, I couldn't pick up on anything wrong. I really couldn't. She was, you know, and so I feel like it's also our job to make sure that we're asking specific questions. And I know, especially, I mean, Abby and I have large families. Um, I really, really make an effort as, as much as I can to try to get one-on-one -on -one time with my kids whenever I can, but asking specific, specific questions. And it's our job to do that because kids, when you mm -hmm. ask them, I, I'm sorry, but you have to go deeper. How was your day? Oh, I don't, it was okay. Fine. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. Like you have to go specifically. How was the sleepover? How was the party? And, and that's fine. That's fine. It's, it's, uh, that's a good starting spot, right? Yeah. Anything but, weird happen? Right. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I'm not, I'm not kidding. You have to ask. And I literally, my kids do not have sleepovers many places. It is literally people very few people, only ones that I would trust my children with if heaven forbid something happened. It is very few. Now kids sleep over at my house a lot where I have an eye on everybody and the parents trust me and that's great. But anyways, I always, even though they're trustworthy people, if my kids are anywhere else, I always specifically, I'm looking them in the eye. How, how did their mom, how was their mom? How was their dad? Did, were, what were they doing? How did they treat you? Do you know what I mean? I'm, I, I make it a point because I feel like we live in a world where I feel like nothing can shock me anymore. Nothing can surprise me anymore. And it is our job as our children's defenders, as their protectors. God gave us, I mean, this role is, is a parent comes. Yes, we're a parent, but that comes with like 875, like sub 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 jobs yeah. to do and to be able to go to bat for your child first means first means that you need to know what's going on in their life when they're not underneath your nose mm -hmm. for sure and I, I i think it was really interesting with that whole thing that happened with your daughter kelsey was when you found out what was going on, that these girls were bullying your daughter, and then you went to the mom about it and said, look, this is what your daughter has been doing to my daughter. <laughs> the mom was like, well, they're, yeah, kids. they're kids. They're kids. Kids will be kids. And I am the type for anyone that knows me, and my friends would say this, I really sometimes... 
<laughs> despite despite my high anxiety, I can be very laid back. And trust me, my kids are very imperfect, and I can I can handle chaos. And I do know when kids are being kids, and it's like, come on, let's try to be better, you know? Because kids are kids. Kids are gonna yeah. say dumb crap. They're gonna do weird things. But again, when I'm coming up to bat and swinging for my kid. I know with 220% certainty I'm I'm correct in doing so. And when it's very, very difficult when the other parent or teacher or co- whoever it is, is being dismissive of their children, their child being in the wrong um, or they themselves being in the wrong. And it's, it's, it's part of life, but I mean, man. Well, a lot of times when kids are jerks, it's a learned behavior. I mean, right. that's just right. kind of. I, I mean, at they're the end seeing of the day, it somewhere. A lot of it is because they've seen it somewhere, right. you know. It, and we talked about that on one of the shows. Like, yeah, that's why it's so important for us to model good, kind, respectful, appropriate behavior in front of our kids. Sure. Because, like, if we're a jerk. And our kids see that, well, guess who's going to be a jerk? Our kids, you know? Um, And so that, I mean, I think if we're out here like, you know, calling people fat or, you know, being rude to people or making comments about the way people look all the time or whatever, well, you know, guess who else is going to do that? Our kids. Absolutely. Um, So it, you know, they, they hear everything that we're that we're saying. I mean, I even know my kids have called me out on it. And again, I am crazily flawed, sinful human being. Um, I, I try my best, but I fail only about a hundred times every day, but I've had my kids and it's been embarrassing and humbling yet. I'm so proud of them where they've caught me being short with whether it's someone at the drive-thru window where again, and I'm normally incredibly nice, but maybe it was like a situation where I was getting flustered or it it checking out. Or you were hangry. I mean, or I was hangry. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But no, but whether, whether it was validated or not, it's not validated to be rude to somebody. And I've had my kids step in and be like, mom, mom, they're, they're having a, it looks like they're having a rough day. Mom, this person looks like they're on their first day of work. Mom. And it's like, it's crushing and so necessary. And then I'm so proud of them. Like, and I'm like, you know what? You're exactly right. I'm being a jerk right now. Yes. We're 12 minutes behind and yes, this person, blah, 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 but it doesn't matter. I'm being a jerk and I need to show more compassion and patience. And it's like, wow, like, oh my gosh, because I, I, I need called out on my unnecessary flawed reactions, you know, many times. Um, but it's, man, it's hard, man, it's hard. But let me tell you, when someone messes with one of your kids, the mama bear claws come out. And again, we always like to give some little tidbit or some little takeaway, some little call to action, you know, as we wrap our shows. And I think the best place to start, I don't know, Abby, I feel like it starts with talking to our kids more, having deeper conversations, asking more specific questions to make sure we really know 
what's going on. Like the situation, you know, with my daughter and with your son, he came home, didn't say a word to you. Didn't say you a have thing. a close relationship with him. I have a close relationship with my daughter. I would have thought she would have told me this, you know? So these little sweet peas for whatever reason are not just going to come right out and tell well, us. Well, he didn't want to get his teacher in trouble. He yeah, didn't want to get this woman heart. in trouble. Yes. The woman that smacked him on the head, he didn't want to get her in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, listen, you little sweet thing. Like <laughs> right. if somebody does that to you, it's okay to get them in trouble, you know? Right. Cause that's just very, very, very wrong. Yeah. And so even out of the goodness of their hearts, their fear, their, oh, or them even thinking, but maybe I did something wrong or I'm yeah. going to get in trouble or I'm a part of this situation that caused yeah. this wrong thing to happen. They are going to withhold things and it is our job to make sure they know we are their safe person. Because I even tell my kids over and over, especially my older ones, you know, that are getting more freedom and going and doing more things. I'm like, listen, not if, but when you mess up, I need you. I need to be your first phone call. Yeah. I need you to be like, mom, guess what? You told me not to come here and I'm here right now. And I need you to come get me, yeah. you know, what, whatever it might be. I'm like, you need to know we will get through it together. And I need to be your first. I don't want you to get in a car with somebody else that you shouldn't mm -hmm. be getting in a car with. I don't want you to, whatever it is. I'm like, you are human. You're going to make mistakes. We'll figure it out together. That doesn't mean there's not going to yeah. be consequences. I will still love you and we'll figure it out together. And I think you can't overplay that with the kids no. too much. You can't over remind them that too much because I've even noticed my older ones, you know, like our, our, our toddlers, Abby and I, our youngest children, they're both four and we're, you know, you still cuddle them and hug them and, and oh, I love you and you still do some baby talk. But I notice even when I'm doing that, some of my older ones will like come lay on my legs or lay on my stuff. It's, it's like they're yearning for yeah. that too, that oh, yeah. reaffirmation yeah, yeah. of, it's like, you don't need to talk to me like a baby mom, but I need you to hug me. I need you to hold me and tell me it's oh, okay. Yeah. I need you to say, you know, and they've all shown me that in their own way. And so I don't care how old your kid is. You need to keep reminding them you love them. You're their person. And you're going to go up to bat for them, period. So here's my challenge. My challenge is, and this is the thing I think has helped my kids open up the most, is having dinner together. Yes. Having dinner together around the dinner table. My kids start talking so much around the table when we're all together. So that's my challenge to people listening. Yes. If you're not already having dinner around the dinner table together, do it as often as you can this next week. And I think you'll be surprised. Like if, if you don't usually do it, it may feel weird in the beginning, but I think you'll be surprised at just how much conversation starts coming out at the yes. table as, as you're talking and it just becomes like a fun part of your day then. Like it just, like I look forward to like our dinners at, yes. you know, at night cause my kids just are funny and it's where everybody connects, decompresses, mm -hmm. shares about their day. Yeah. Yes. And so that's, that's my challenge is have family dinners. And even if everybody can't make it, like just do it, do it with the ones 
that are home, yes. and you'll be really surprised um, at just how much your kids want to connect with you, and they want to connect with with one another. So yes. we always did. I was an only child, and I had dinner with my parents every single night, so all the way through high school. So um, I love that. I think it's so it, important. It, it can I agree. be done. So it can. There's be done. my challenge. All right, y'all. Well, I'm so glad you joined us for another episode. And don't forget, until next time, keep raising your little saints. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.